everybody, one and all. Welcome to another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Charles. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend as well, Dylan, and not just any fantasy, because today... We are talking about Monstrous. We are continuing our read of Monstrous by Marjorie Liu and Sana Takeda. And we are entering volume two today. The Blood. That's what it's called, Charles. I don't know if they show that in that fancy book. They they do not show it in the book one compendium here. Uh, They just show each issue as a chapter. So I don't get the, the volume titles. But yes, we are on volume two, which is issues 12 to 18. And they're, nope. yep. So, <laughs> what? I don't think so. It's seven. Oh, oh issues. seven to 18. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, that chap- chapter seven to 12. Maybe I'm wrong, but. Uh, yeah, it's seven through 12. No, you're right. I just different. got the numbers. I just got the, I did the math wrong. I forgot to count the number itself. Oh, gotcha. So we had read six well, last time. So we're on seven, and we for. read through 12. That's why you're here. That's why you make such a great, great team. Um, so, yeah, there's going to be spoilers. We will be having spoilers up through volume two of Monstrous. So if you haven't read volume one or well, Volume 1 and Volume 2. I don't know why you just read Volume 2. Uh, if you haven't read Volume 1 and Volume 2 or up to Chapter 12 of Monstrous, then now's a good time to turn this down in your headphones and, you know, get to reading because those are two awesome volumes of a great comic series that we highly recommend. Oh, and before we get into this, I want to give a shout-out to... Beth Tabler for turning us on to this awesome comic series that's at Beth Tabler on Twitter. So give her a follow if you haven't already. So how would you like to start this conversation, Dylan? There's so much that is happening and is going on in this wide, wide world. There's a lot going on. And I think this time, the thing that I most homed in on as to what this volume seems to be focused on more than anything is Micah's Micah kind of living in the shadow of her relationship with her mother Mm -hmm. and enacting the ways that her mother has impacted her on the world. And I think also it's really interesting to look at the parallels in this volume between how Micah is treated by her mother and how she, Micah, treats Kippa, otherwise known as Little Fox, and trying to tease apart what things has Micah sort of learned about Mm. being a role model from her mother and how's that change how she expresses herself. Yeah, that's a very fair point because what we brought in with volume two, we got a... You know, we got a lot of new characters and we got to see more of um, the mother in in this chapter. You know, we got to see a few questions answered and a lot more questions asked. But one of the right. things that was interesting was we got to see these flashbacks of Micah with her mom and how her mom kind of had a bit of a harsh hand with her 
and raising her. And, you know, there's all kinds of reveals of, like, why Micah's mother decided to have Micah in the first place and then being brought up as, like, oh, she needs to be hard. She needs to be ready for for anything because she's going to change the world. And then now Micah sees this, like, personified um, innocence, basically, in Little Fox and how she chooses to, when she chooses to be strict, when she chooses to be... Um, more sensitive or oftentimes aloof it's interesting how those two play off of each other for sure well we basically start besides a little scene in the beginning of micah eating sheep organs um, (laughs) we do start with micah in her mother's base putting on her mother's clothes uh, and sorting through her mother's stuff with Little Fox right there. And one of the first interactions that happens in this volume is that Micah has been trying to get Little Fox to find something important that she knows is in the base. And Little Fox has a great sense of smell, as we've learned. Uh, And then when Kippa, which is Little Fox's actual name, when Kippa is unable to find anything, Micah basically says, I'm going to lock you in this room and only come back once you find something. And she said all she'll sudden, be back in a couple days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, back in a couple days. <laughs> and she says, Miss, come back. Don't leave me. And Micah says, only if you found something. And... She's got a pretty stern look on her face in this panel, Charles. And all of a sudden, Kippa does find something. And it's this sort of pressure makes diamonds moment for Kippa. Uh, And we, we get a few of those where Micah is willing to be a little harsh. She's not gone to the levels of where her mother has went with her. Like we find out her, her mother was physically abusive. Yes, she like um, strangled Micah to try and get her fighting instincts to kick in or something like that. You know, she's she like Micah's just like, oh, I'll leave you here for a few days. But then the mom was like, had her in like a (laughs) chokehold. You know, so there's that very distinct difference there. And I think what's interesting is one, yes, Micah's trying to, you know, she had learned things from her mother, and she's trying to find out like. How does she deal now that she's in the mom situation with Little Fox? But then there's also just the like the brutal necessity that this world demands. Like she needs this key. She's being chased by dangerous people. And I think this whole volume walks that fine line between like, am I doing what my mother's always wanted me to? Am I acting like her? Do I have I inherited these things that I don't like about my mother? Or and then it's like things I have to get done things that you know people need to die or we need to do this quickly or you know you need to come with me or, or, or things like that and she's always kind of walking that line and she's trying to find herself in the middle of all of that and that is a large part of what this volume is about so she does need that key it's urgent so I mean she didn't like she didn't like put little fox in a chokehold but she's she did put the pressure on it and that is in part yeah. from just the pressures that this world has put on her For sure. And what's really interesting about Monstrous, we talked so much in our first episode about its 
balance, yeah. its willingness to have a more grim, dark, cynical approach, especially with the world at times, but also its willingness to be uncynical about things like hope and heroic characteristics. And trust and love. And, uh, exactly. And a thing that I was noting a lot in this read-through is a, a lot of times those harsher moments, though the author's, I guess, author and illustrator do not seem to be expressing those as if they are things to approve of, like they are very harsh and they are abuse and they're depicted that way when when they are abuse, that is. <laughs> uh, and then they're also effective at times. And I think you have these moments like the the end of the battle with Rohar, which is the ancient fox that they run into at yep. the end of this volume. Yep. It basically ends with what I take to be a callback to when Micah was being choked by her mother with the scarf, where she's like, basically her mother was trying to teach her everything you could use as a weapon, and Micah didn't think of the scarf. Right. Yes, and that was it. Yeah, that was what I was referring I think to it earlier. Was a scarf. But anyway, that sounds you know, right. some yeah. linen type thing. And her mother chokes her with it. And then later on, to finish this big epic fight at the end of the volume, Micah thinks to choke out Rohar with Rohar's chain. Yeah. And there's... So it's a very... Eventually, uh, the chain breaks, which is kind of a cool moment too, right? It's like the prophecy that yeah. you'd break his chains yeah. is fulfilled but also it's fulfilled in the process of killing him and at the same time then you know zin the monster helps finish the job but it it, she does choke him out and it's yeah it's strange because these harsher moments though they're kind of depicted as messed up they're also depicted as things that end up making the recipient of it stronger in some ways or at least more equipped to handle how messed up the world is yeah and i mean that's some of the also just a little sidetrack here that moment with when she's fighting that fox character is um some of the best illustrations in this volume if you ask me just super cool how his whole style changed it's very dramatic it's very demon-esque lots of really fun colors that fox character was just so much fun to to look at and yeah you know, he was also playing with her with her mind in those moments, too. He was, like, causing her to think, you know, to, like, hallucinate almost. And it's like, oh, that's not real. You're still you. You've always been you. And that comes down to what we're talking about of, like, who is she and what's true and all of that. And her struggling to figure that out while also literally trying to fight uh, the hallucinations from this, like, uh, sorceress fox character um was very interesting and that's kind of the rising action that leads to um micah you know thinking of her mother and strangling him with the chains it's it's very wild it's very interesting yeah definitely wild and interesting (laughs) and i think we'll we'll have a lot more to say about rohar I, i have that as one of our discussion points to get to is just talking about that fight and all all that because this is you know, I'm a, I'm a couple volumes ahead of us, Charles. Yeah. And I'll say 
to this point, that whole thing that plays out on the Isle of Bones, especially the fight with Rohar, is one of the most memorable and one of my favorite moments in this entire series. So right. I want to get into that more. But I, I do want to hear about the... Yeah, I mean, I, I do want to flesh out these parallels between Micah and Little Fox and, and Micah's mother a little bit more because mm-hmm. I think... I guess I want to get at that theme of like, what do the authors seem to be depicting in these moments where you have like Micah letting little Fox almost drown because she knows that she's going to be able to swim in that moment. And some of those moments where she does put the pressure on little Fox, like what what were your reactions to that? You know, Little Fox has always been such an interesting standout character for this. And yes. those moments where they're on the ship, I do think, you know, at this point, Micah has definitely taken on a lot more responsibility for Little Fox and is looking out for her. And she's um, concerned for her welfare as well. There's even a moment where she stands up for Little Fox against one of the tougher looking uh, members of that seafaring crew and she rips off. Um, that lady's tentacle, you know, where um, it's like you're a dirty uh, human lover is what she calls little Fox. And then it's like, uh, and then uh, Micah's just like, Hey, back off. Like that's like, say that again, you know, kind of a a situation. So she's actually standing up for her. And I, I think that comes from also this idea that Micah, from what we've seen, it was basically abandoned right so it's it's like this idea that she doesn't know where her mother is or like why she didn't um tell her everything that Micah needed to know like why are there so many mysteries like why are like why am I alone now and like why didn't you tell me anything why can't I find out anything you know what are all these mysteries what is the um everything just get more and more complicated and I think it's interesting to see how loyal she's been to Little Fox throughout this adventure yeah and i think that a lot of what micah sees in little fox is not just obviously some of herself mm-hmm. and what we've been talking about or at least herself before she was corrupted because you, you do get these moments where she's talking to uh, we'll have to figure out how to say the, the guy's name the tiger guy sizey or seizy it's, uh, we'll just have to sell one. Yeah. S-E-I-Z-I. Seizy, shall Sezi, we? Seizy, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sezzy? Whatever you want, Charles, I'm I'm having some trouble. So Sezzy basically has this interaction with Micah where he's like, last time I saw you is, like, you were a kid, you were dancing, and obviously <laughs> Micah had some innocence to her at one point and, and still has a sensitive side. Like when she's hugging, uh, what do we say? Sizey? Yeah. Uh, Sizey. Sizey uh, she, sure. she like tears up and she says to him, well, that's why I'm here to be me again, to feel like a person, to remember what it is to dance. But for that to happen, I need to know. And it's interesting to watch Micah, like, figure out these sides of herself, like, trying to be a person and needing these answers, but also 
seeing how she looks at Little Fox as someone who still has a chance to never forget how to dance. Right. And that's an interesting scene that you bring up as well, because there's also this theme of kind of like redemption where um, Micah, there's this moment where Micah and Sezi are talking and and uh says he's like you know i haven't seen you in so long and she's like i missed you too i just didn't think i could stay i I wasn't the same after the war and i'm i'm now the same i'm not the same and i'm I'm unsafe and when says he's like everything i have come from years of ruthless murder and am i safe no but i love i am loyal and that is my redemption so this idea of like uh it's like hey like i did some horrible stuff too we all have this is a violent world we're all violent people but um i'm trying to make up for it and my redemption is just loving in others and and you know i consider you part of my family and i think that's another reason why micah you know we talked about how little fox is kind of like the symbol of hope in in volume one and that definitely continues into this and i think the idea of like little fox could be her redemption of you know i can um you know travel with little fox and keep her as like and and love her basically as like a member of my family and that love that i am struggling with from my relationship with my own mother you know so it's, it's it, it all piles on and it's all very um, complex, but that's what makes it such a in-depth r- read. You know, there's a lot to kind of sift through with this relationship. For sure. And what's really intriguing is the way that Little Fox never seems to lose faith in Micah. Yes. Where no matter what she sees from Micah, she still believes in her and it's not like she hasn't witnessed it and she's just naive to it. She's just a person who has hope and can see the things that Micah does that are yeah. good. And she loves so, Micah, you know. There's that scene yes. where they're sleeping on the ship and, you know, they're under threat and the monster wakes up. And this is where, like, the monster's tentacles are dragging Micah's body through the ship, hungry to eat some of the crew members. And Micah literally... I mean, Little Fox literally walks in between these sleeping sailors and the monster being like, Miss, no, you can't feed on the sailors. You just can't. You know, she's got her arms out being as brave as she can be, even though she nothing she could do to stop them. Uh, But she tries anyway. And that's when Micah jumps off the ship, which is another really interesting moment. But it's, you know, Micah is also, you know, she's not just this innocent child that Micah is responsible for. Little Fox um, is trying to help Micah in the way that she can. And she's growing and developing as a character as well, finding her strength. And this is just, she's gotten used to it by now. So she's not afraid to jump in front of the monster and, and try and coach Micah back to her, I guess you would say her humanity, but. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's an interesting, yeah. Cause she's not not human. human. That's what got, that's got him people in trouble before calling her human yeah. you don't want to end up with one of your tentacles ripped off. no i do not so you know, and and in that moment what's interesting is you have little fox gets covered in blood when micah rips that tentacle off of the dude and she has this moment where the captain comes down and is like oh did you get any blood in your eyes and uh, and you have this little depiction of Lil Fox wiping at her face 
And the way I love the way Lil Fox is drawn, like so much, oh, just yeah. like more rounded. Yeah, she's so cute. Cherubic almost, where all the other characters, te- or most of the other characters, are very angular, lots of hard lines. And yeah, there's this moment where Lil Fox is basically still covered in blood from Micah having ripped the tentacle off and says, But I believe in Miss Micah. And. You get some interesting dialogue, too, where the captain says, when she's angry, do you think you even exist? And even says, that's not the problem. The problem is that she doesn't believe in you. So she's being exposed to these opportunities to say, oh, no, you're right. Micah's wrong. I'm literally covered in blood. But she chooses to believe in Micah because she's able to see the side of Micah that did that because she cares about Lil Fox and the moment she lost it was when the tentacle dude said something to Little Fox not when she said when she was being insulted and even slapped so uh, Micah herself that is so it's very interesting to watch Lil Fox and especially as someone who doesn't have the same kind of power as Micah like not the same strength still try to take on that heroic role and even like attacking Rohar at the end and right. all that so. Yeah, they even get into like philosophical debates every once in a while, and um, it all comes back around to like uh, being a good person versus fighting these horrible urges. Yeah. You know, that's kind of what they constantly go back and forth about. And there's one point where Little Fox is like, "Living isn't supposed to be easy. If it was easy, it wouldn't be called life." So say the poets. And then, uh, and you're fighting to be better, Miss. You just threw yourself off the ship to keep the monsters from hurting anyone, you know. So she's, and she says, "No, Miss, you're not awful." Yeah. So she's like, "You're not awful, and you're trying to do better." And that goes back to what Sezi said of like, "I love, and that's my redemption." It's like you, the pursuit of being good, is kind of, is is making you a good person, you know? And Micah doesn't feel like a good person because she has to keep throwing herself off of ships and eating sirens um, to avoid killing other people, you know? So it's like, but you're trying to do good. Well, it's hard to feel good when you still have to eat people, (laughs) but it is what it is. And I think that whole idea of um, the pursuit of being better, that redemption is the overwhelming (laughs) theme of this this volume. For sure. And we did talk about in our last episode that little fox is basically the angel on micah's shoulder and she doesn't need a a devil because she has a (laughs) monster coming out of the other shoulder so that does the job that'll do it yeah so like you said charles these moments where she does fling herself off the ship yeah maybe she ends up eating a or Zin, the monster, anyway, ends up eating a siren, and that's not ideal, Mm -hmm. but the effort to try to be a good person, to listen to Little Fox, there's redemption in that. Because it was, you know, she was going to eat a crew, like, the monster was going to eat a crew member, and Little Fox got in the way, and in that moment of struggle, Micah was the one that threw themselves over the edge of the over the edge of the ship. So yes. she, that, it was that deliberate struggle to avoid eating any one of the crew that was her kind of pursuit to be better, her attempt at redemption. And um, they, she ended up 
eating someone a little less sympathetic, but still you're eating someone. So there's a little give or take there, but um, it's holding you over for now. It, it, it's um, it was enough to make Little Fox continue to believe in her, which at this point I think she's very committed to Micah, and I don't see that wavering anytime soon. Definitely not. And we're circling around these points i i wrote in the discussion micah the monster and morality is something mm. i wanted us to talk about mm. and i think we're already circling around those it is interesting to think about like <laughs> it's hard to know the extent to which a siren is just as bad as killing one of the crew members <laughs> yeah. or or not right because it just kind of comes out of nowhere we know that they're probably related in some way these folks to the blood queen uh, but they seem pretty humanoid as much as anyone. So, But it's the effort. It's the thought that counts. And Micah seems to be making the effort even when she denies it. She basically claims she just tried to drown herself. Right. Yeah. And that's been a struggle that she's had this whole series so far. She, The monster has to feed and... It wants to eat all these innocent people in Micah's life. And Micah even has, has gone as far as to like consume pieces of her own body to keep the monster satiated, you know? So it, it, yeah. it's been a constant struggle uh, for her. And it's almost like a ticking time bomb because now she's like completely out of arm, you know? She doesn't have much uh, spare uh, skin to spare at, at, at this point. So she's been, she's desperately um, looking for answers. And that's definitely been the driving force into figuring out some of these mysteries and why we're setting sail right now in the first place. For sure. And we know there's a lot riding on Micah being able to figure all of this out. We've gotten a lot more information, especially at the end of the graph of this volume. Yes. We got a lot more information. Some would say we even, uh, drowned in information and <laughs> might die of wisdom anyway as the poets might say so we we learned that to some extent micah has a very big role to play as someone who holds the shaman empress's blood in her and the the fate of the world might rest on her shoulders and we need to or not we uh, the crew over there needs to keep Micah on the right path if things are gonna go okay is some of the sense that we're getting the whole world could be in danger if Micah goes awry that's right she could absolutely um, go wild but then that's the whole thing and she doesn't know and all she knows is that there needs to be some uh hope for her out there and we know we talked about her her relationship with her mom and how this brilliantly pairs with that she doesn't even know what she's supposed to be some say she's the destruct she's like the end of the world some say she's like the savior some some don't know what's going on uh but there's definitely a lot of shrouded mystery and mythical powers going on with her existence and everyone kind of has a plan for her and we see more of her kind of extended family and their plans for her and and you know the plot thickens essentially you you learn the motives of some other 
um, characters on the map here. But it, even beyond that, even just internally, you know, I'm I'm just I'm constantly drawn back to to Micah's like trying to figure out, okay, I know what all these people want from me and I know I've got this monster inside me, but have I even had the time to consider who I am? And all of her memories are no help either. Like when she has that flashback with her mom, when the mom is using the scarf on her, she has this brilliant line. It's like, who are you to me really? This is Micah talking about the mom. And who am I if not even you loved me, if I was just part of a plan, a vision, an outcome that you manipulated into existence. So that's a really great line that brings into mind of like, was I ever loved or am I some tool? And what tool am I? What purpose am I supposed to serve? So not only does she not know who she is as an individual, she doesn't know what the mystery behind all of her, I guess for lack of a better word, powers are. And what people want from her, what she's expected to do with those powers. Well said, Charles. And it's interesting to think about some of those reflections from Micah in light of the last flashback that we get where her mother says to her, no matter what happens, you belong to no one. You will be controlled by no one. Swear it to me, Micah. I will kill anyone who tells you otherwise. And Micah says, you control me, though. I'm yours. And her mom says back to her, I gave up that dream a long time ago. Hmm. And it's the kind of thing where, yeah, we learn from Rohar that it seems like Micah's mom basically went out to create Micah as some sort of tool to be wielded because of the power that she could have. But then we get this hint that maybe once Micah was a living, breathing person, maybe some of that started to go by the wayside and her mother was able to see Micah for what she was instead of just being a tool. But there's a lot left for us to find out here. Right. Identity is a huge part of the last uh, chapter in this volume. You know, it's like the last uh, beyond like redemption or her relationship with her mother. This idea of identity plays a huge theme in that in that ending section and it all comes to a head with the mother of like oh i stopped trying to control you a long time ago you need to be your own person like that's the most important thing that no one can take away from you well how can you say that to someone that has no idea who they are you know it's like okay well no one can take away from me the one thing i don't know about myself which is who am i and how and you know when you throw in all these like living gods into the mix, it becomes uh, quite complicated. For sure, Charles. And that's well said. When that's the major conflict is around Micah trying to understand her identity and her place and everything, it makes us buy into the way that the story is kind of all about her seeking out those answers. Right. So we... We got some answers for sure, and, and some big ones that say, like her mom saying to her, what, basically what the world becomes will depend entirely on the strength of your heart. So we know that Micah's attempts to figure out who she is and her identity are going to have these drastic consequences in the long run, and 
it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Yes, it ends very ominous, but still slightly hopeful. Um, I'm also interested in how this idea of like, you know, figuring yourself out, like there's another, there's even another layer to it of she's trying to figure out, you know, uh, why does she do these things? You know, towards the end, she's debating, like, why am I even in this boat right now, like, on this island? Like, what is the driving force that's bringing me here? You know, she says, um, Mother, why did I follow you to this place? Sometimes I do things for you, and later it is as if I woke from a dream. Pleasing you doesn't always seem worth the price of staying alive, but every time I am near death, I hear your commands, and I fight because you taught me to fear your disapproval more than I fear death. So... She's and and that moment she's saving a drowning little fox also, but she like lets her swim a little bit and struggle while she's thinking it over. And then those last moments of like, I guess I should thank you is when she hauls little fox into the boat. And so it's interesting to see how she's like debating, you know, why am I even here? You know, am I just kind of a piece like doing a mission that my mother predestined me to do? Or is this something I actually want to do? Is this something I have to do because people are after me or because a God's going to have me eat everyone I love? You know, so there's that other level of um, self-discovery there, not only of who am I, but why am I doing this? You know, it, 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 it's very complicated for poor Micah. Yeah. And that's an interesting read on, on this, on the scene with, Lil Fox. I did take it as Lil Fox. Yeah, maybe if she was left by herself, she would have drowned. But she, she did figure out how to swim in time to make her way over to the paddle right. anyway. And I think that whole scene is very interesting from that perspective of the parallels between Micah and Lil Fox's relationship and Micah's relationship with her mother because she's kind of at the same time having these reflections of how her mother it's like what does a wolf teach her pups but teeth and hunger is what's going on in micah's head and at the same time she's giving her jacket over to little fox who's cold from being (laughs) in the water so it's like at the same time as thinking like you've turned me into this just awful thing with nothing to offer she's engaging in this kind gesture and that's part of i think this is what i love so much about monstrous is how it toes that line and to bring up the artist again asana takeda we get a very rare uh micah smile it's kind of a smile in that moment where she's like you know uh when she's talking about little fox because um you know the cat wants to jump into the water and save little fox but then micah grabs the cat by the tails and is like wait she can swim now and when micah says she can swim now she has this like unpracticed smile i guess is how (laughs) i would describe it where it's like it's the it's the happiest we've ever seen her but it's not like something that she's used to expressing you know she's got this like weird smile and it's just like a brilliant artistic choice and it's something that's very very rare and it's while she's musing on how strict her mother was but you know she's like no i'm I'm seeing some of the purpose of that but i'm also um you know doing my own thing by you know not being like not letting her swim all the way you know i help her out a little bit and that makes me happy and that's who I am. And that's a very, like, a, a, a lighting moment into, like, 
hopefully how this story resolves you know there is some hope for Micah in terms of her redemption yeah well that's such a huge distinction that you bring up Charles and something I was noting as well as Micah never takes that extra step that her mother took Mm -hmm. where she I do it's hard to imagine Micah actually hurting little Fox with the way that she treats her she's willing to test her a little bit psychologically but the level of abuse has not been reached and in in some ways that's part of what makes us have hope in Micah here is well she's learned what she can from her mother not to not to pamper per se so let people forge their own path and have some challenges but that doesn't mean you have to hit them or, or let them go cold after they're in the water. <laughs> and, and Charles, can I give a shout out? I'm sure you have something interesting no, go to for say it. in response to that, but I do want to give a shout out just to how adorable the moment is. Yeah. Before the first time Lil Fox is swimming, it's on page 19 of my volume. I oh think. God, mine just oh, has no, continuous that's, numbers. That's well, I, I got it. I got it wrong anyway, but it's when she's like, did you see me drowning those moments? <laughs> and you see her trying to swim the first time. I, she's such a interesting character. I, I don't really know any others like her. And on 19 was another adorable moment where she's trying to fight against Master Ren. That's a cat uh, being taken for some uh, probably rough questioning. Mm-hmm. And you have the pirate guy holding little fox back but he's holding her back just by like pinching <laughs> her clothes at the shoulder you know the yeah. little scene i'm talking about there it's so and she's like struggling but he's so big yeah. <laughs> that no, there's you so can tell many she can't get anywhere awesome illustrations and that scene where she's she's saved by that shark uh creature and that yeah. shark creature is so intense looking and and like mean looking but she's like riding on her back and is like thanks for saving me sorry i couldn't you know swim the rest of the way and then the monster's like no problem <laughs> you know it's like a very uh, very wholesome moments yeah those illustrations of little fox and also the cat whose name i keep forgetting uh the both of them master ren, master ren the both of them are uh, very cute together they'll often like be sleeping together and little fox is always cuddling something but she's not cuddling things as much in this volume as she was in volume one if you notice her i do notice she does have that sort of self-soothing yeah she's uh, always like hugging her own tail hugging her own tail (laughs) which is a great touch but i i do think that's intentional like you're pointing out charles where maybe she's getting a little more used to being involved in all of this so during the really tough times, yeah, she's back hugging the tail, yeah. but it is less than the first volume for sure. Yes, indeed, and it's you know it's that kind of subtle character growth uh, through just the illustrations, even that's um, makes this series so good. For sure, and something that this comic medium offers that would be a bit harder and you know we're used to reading these giant fantasy novels but if you start throwing in too much of a tick for a character we know that robert jordan takes some heat for (laughs) all the uh, tugging on braids going on in the wheel of time 
and there's something that just works easier in a comic about like oh it's interesting that they depict little fox as having this tendency to hug her tail when she's scared right and that tends to work better than just seeing the line of dot yeah because we had to the read the phrase like, like well, little fox her grabs tail. her tail yeah 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 it would start to be like okay we get it like let's move right. on yeah and i mean could you imagine trying to describe some of this stuff that's going on in this <laughs> also it's a uh, so much detail in these illustrations you'd spend a hundred pages just describing what the the setting that you're in oh yeah i mean especially those scenes on the island are there's so much going on in those yep and the scenes with the gods talking to each other like that sense of scale super interesting how these monsters just kind of loom over each other and how they work within the frames well, Charles, that's something I did want to bring up. You know, I mentioned uh, Micah, the monster, and morality. And we, we, we've we talked a lot about Micah and morality, but we haven't talked very much about the monster and morality, which is yeah. that Zinn, you know, in the first volume, the monster's in, or old god or whatever you want to call him, he, uh, he, I don't know. It? They, it, it does it, either way. Zin uh, ends up seeming in that first volume kind of just like this hungry demon that wants to feed yeah. on living things, and because monstrous has so much depth, even Zin has some moral quandaries to work out here. We don't get a ton of it in volume two, but we do get hints that he's like wow, I betrayed one of my own kind, that's really messed up. And it's such a oh, such a great job by the author to make it that uh, even Zinn has a moral code yeah. that they're trying to grapple with. Yeah, there's that moment where Zinn is um, bleeding. He's like, my blood is real. And I've never known the color of my blood, but it's fitting. I have been delivered to the site of my transgression. How can I not pay in flesh and pain? You know, that's something that Zinn is musing on as they're in like the, the like most dramatic part of this battle here with that with that um, fox character and. Um, He's he's like lamenting on like he yeah. like uncovered through his memories that you know he was so you know like uh, kind of vengeful and powerful and and not sympathetic to the weak or whatever you know he wanted to stay on this planet and he didn't care about the lives that were already there and he's like no and if you disagree with me then I'm gonna fellow God then I'm gonna kill you and now he's like yeah. realizing he did that I was like and he's like whoa that's horrible I can't believe I did that my transgression. <laughs> did not think we'd get when i was reading volume one for the first time i did not think that the monster would ever feel guilty about transgression yes and then you know we talk about this idea of identity and he goes or it goes what have i done what was i who am i perhaps it is truly time for me to die i deserve it Mm -hmm. so and that's right you know at the end of this volume and this is something we did not, you know, this trope of that hungry monster that feeds, like you yeah. well stated. And now this monster has a surprising amount of depth to it. And it's, you know, we're seeing these themes parallel between Micah and the monster. They're in the same host right now. And he, the monster's like, oh, what was I? Who am I? 
you know, those are questions that I believe Micah is probably asking herself as well of like, what's, what is happening? Who am I? And am I capable of loving again? Which was another surprising (laughs) uh, piece to the end of this volume. Yeah. Well, the parallel process that we're getting for Micah and the monster, it's really interesting because they, they basically can see each other's flashbacks. Yes. And that's a very interesting plot device, I think, where they're learning about each other and because they have to coexist, they also are getting more ammunition on how to manipulate the other one. So you see Micah starting at the end even where the Zin's back out and eating all those people on the boat and Micah not happy about that situation and she starts throwing out lines like uh, is that why you murdered your friend so i just yeah that's so intriguing and it gives more characterization to what we just considered the monster like the monster has a lot of emotion going on and a lot of conflict going on and was in like a relationship and and is having regrets and is having an identity crisis. <laughs> like, yeah. It's all going on. <laughs> yeah. So the the characters in here, none of them skate by without having to deal with the consequences of their own actions and grapple with their own morality. And that's part and of it's also what's... kind of interesting when you consider this setting, right? It's the it's the um bones of the god that this monster killed so it's kind of a way of like facing your demons which is what they're both doing right the monster's facing the demon of his transgression right killing his what they what he what it called a sister brother uh go figure and then um micah is following the footsteps of her mother and they're both going through these flashbacks at the same time and having these identity crises at the same time. And, and they're trying to work together. And it culminates with them being able to fight in tandem to kill this horrible monster creature. So this idea of the right. setting plays a really interesting parallel and this idea of facing their their demons or something like that. They're, they're walking in their shadows well, of, their, of their past. Yeah, to flesh that out even more Charles you're making awesome points about that is you get the sense that Rohar by the end is some sort of amalgamation of the fox ancient he was and something that's coming off of this corpse of the mm-hmm. old god that has turned into this monstrosity and you basically Rohar is the person who sent Micah's mother out on the maybe that's not the right way to phrase it, but set her out on the path or gave her the information she needed to go out on a path that resulted in Micah being born. And at the same time, the same creature that has that entity inside of it has the creature that Zin betrayed inside of it. So it's like Rohan monster thing is both of those demons of their past. (laughs) Personified, yeah. And then, yeah, and then Micah and the monster have to fight them together. So it's such an interesting way to go about this. And all that subtext, you know, there's no turn to the 
non-existent camera moment where they say, wow, it's like we're both fighting the demons of our past, (laughs) but it's happening. And the way it's done is so interesting. So even just to the point where the other old god that Zin killed has the red text in the graphic novel. Right. And the red bubbles, I guess I should say, yeah, not the yeah, text it's white itself. White text with in the red bubble. It's white, not yes. text. <laughs> yeah, and then that becomes the outline, uh, not the whole bubble, right. but the outline yes. of the bubble that Rohan is talking with when Rohan becomes this. Yes, and it's that tan color thing. that is the yes. one that is used for Micah's like narrating voice that's an interesting observation that i didn't pick up on but it's totally there another great moment yes. is you know they're you know mike is about to kill rohan and rohan's like i can tell you where the rest of the mask is and the name of your father and then um she's thinking about her mom at this moment micah is and she's like you're gone and i'm here paying the price for your choices i'll never stop paying and those two things are happening at the same time and then micah's just like you've told me enough it was a mistake to come here and breaks the chain kills the monster all in like and then the tentacles finish it off you know it's like this very like all of those things come together at the same moment and that's basically how this volume ends is a few teaser things cliffhangery things after this but that's kind of the climactic moment of the arc of this volume of being like breaking the chains you know kind of a thing of like i should have never come here i don't care who am i about any of these father mysteries like you've told me enough and i'm moving on right and the subtlety and depth with which it's told is something i've always been impressed by it's part of why i think since I'm I'm rereading now, there's still so much value to be gotten by it because things like the parallel between the scarf moment and the chain moment and the chain actually being broken, those are things you could easily miss while reading this if you're kind of cruising through it, right? There's just one small panel where you see that the chain is now broken. Right. So if you weren't kind of noting that or skipping yeah, over it. Yeah, and it's it. not like the panel is focusing in on that chain no. either. It's there's so much detail going on and so many other things happening. It it's a really small surface area of the page, you know. So yeah, it's it's told very restrained and um it's with a lot of subtext and it's what really makes it a rewarding read, especially for like a right. graphic novel or like, you know, something that you're used to reading like superhero comics it's like the same medium it's hard to believe yeah it's such a it's so poetic to see it when it's done like that because you know i I get on the moments where the (laughs) the characters seem to almost turn to the audience and and tell them what's happening i i love when the artist and the or the illustrator and the author give us the opportunity to figure it out for ourselves instead of right and to figure that out by the prophecy (laughs) it did say it said charles that they would break that she would break the chain i said that earlier remember audience it's like like it flashbacks like you will break the chains you know (laughs) music swelling (laughs) we did not get that Uh, (laughs) no and we're better off for it so (laughs) definitely 
Well, Charles, there's pretty much just that teaser at the end then that, you know, we see some guy with the mark. And yeah. We did, yeah, uh, in the darkness, but we do get to see the mark. And we had Rohan say, oh, I can tell you about your father. So we... I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to see yeah. Where it's that ends it's a going. unique mark. It's a mark that can only be given to someone that you know bears the god or something like that. So it bears the blood of the shaman empress. Yes, yes, the blood of the shaman empress. And we also see all these severed fingers and an eyeball here. Very ominous lighting. Um, talking about the mask, and you know. So there's another child in the room. So yes, very, very ominous. More questions asked, but that's what leaves us dangling, wanting more as we enter volume three. And uh, I'm very excited to see where it goes. I mean, this this series so far has been so just jam-packed with depth and and in its, in its settings and its characters and its themes and its world building it's like there's so much to just think over and 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 digest here and we're only getting more uh more questions so i'm looking forward to seeing uh what happens to micah on her adventures so my charles and i'm looking forward to having more awesome conversations about it with you that's right. Nailed it. And if you're looking for a place to have those conversations, well, I have a few places you might want to try. The first being oh. Twitter, and that's at the FTF podcast with a number one at the end. Uh, we also have you know, Facebook and Instagram if you prefer those. Uh, you want to see what we're doing over there. And our handle on both of those is at the FTF podcast. If you want to send us an email, well, we got one of those too. And that's the FTF podcast gmail.com hit us up over there now Dylan if someone just so happens to be listening on Apple Podcasts and they want to show some love for the show what can they do toss five stars to our podcast if you go to our podcast page and you scroll down past all those episodes we know you've been listening to then you'll find the part where it says ratings and reviews and click those stars five of them would be ideal and write a review if you do have the time uh, but if we don't you know we know you're busy just throw five of those stars and you know just get to the end of this episode charles that's that's what counts that's, our listeners we appreciate listeners it. thank you so much for making it to the end of the episode that alone such a huge deal thank you so much for listening and as always go forth and conquer friends